Hey there, this is AJ. I'm so glad you've joined us today on Faith for My Generation podcast. I want to remind you that our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word, and our mission is to create a resource of teachings that build strong faith in God. You know, that really is my prayer, that as you hear this message today, that the power of God's Word, anointed by the Holy Spirit, will stir up your most holy faith in Him so that you can be a light and a witness and a testimony of the living God in this earth. I pray that this message will richly bless you and increase you in spirit, soul, and in body. Now, let's get to the message. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. Well, before we do that, no, we've got to make our confession, don't we? If you're visiting today, you can join in. Uh, you know, don't be afraid just to smile at me. And you can, like I said a few weeks ago, if you just say watermelon, watermelon, I won't even know what words you're saying. And it's all right. I've been saying this for a few years, and I still get it me- mixed up, messed up sometimes. So, but we like to make a confession concerning God's Word. So if you have your Bible, if you're using your phone, tablet, whatever it is that you're going to look on God's Word today, let's make our confession. We say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind's alert, my heart's receptive. I'll never be the same. I'm about to receive the indestructible, incorruptible, ever-living seed, the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe it. If you see behind me over my shoulders, you see a big word there, victorious. The power of His resurrection. How many knows Jesus is alive? You might say, how many times are you going to say that today? A whole lot. And I'm not stopping today. I'm going to say it tomorrow and the next day. Because Jesus isn't just alive on Easter Sunday. Amen? He's been alive for 2,000 years. He's been risen from the dead, seated at the right hand of the Father moving through His people, baptizing His people with the fire of the Holy Spirit, and He will and is coming again. Turn with me to Luke chapter 24. We're going to look at several verses today. Luke chapter 24. And I want to talk about the fact that not only is Jesus victorious, but when you believe in Him, you're made victorious. Look, I'm not... I'm, 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 um, I'm so persuaded. I know for a fact, beyond the shadow of a doubt, more than the breath of air that just left my body, the reality that Jesus is alive and His Word is true and He'll fulfill His promises in my life by receiving by faith, that's more real to me than the breath I just breathed. And I know this for a fact, that if anyone calls on His name, Not only will you be saved from sin, you'll be brought into His life, abundant life. And what we have to discover and continue to keep it in our minds and our hearts, the Bible says you renew your mind constantly. How many knows if you hear one thing, you might not, if you hear something one time, you might not remember it? In fact, that's why, you know, when you watch YouTube, you might have like six advertisings. It feels like they just keep coming up over and over and over and over, right? It's like, or you hear commercials so often you can begin to repeat the commercial back to the TV. Why is that? It takes some time to get it in here, working around in here, and then down in the heart. 
And so what we're going to discover today, and you say, well, maybe I've heard, I've heard this before, AJ. It's not what you have heard. It's what you're hearing and hearing and hearing from God's Word that's going to change your life. Luke chapter 24, verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week, that's Sunday, that's today, very early in the morning. Who's an early morning person? Any early morning people? So if you didn't raise your hand, you're like, no. I, there's, wait, you mean there's two six o'clocks? I thought there was only one in the evening, right? Very early in the morning, these ladies, they certain other women with them, came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared. Verse 2, But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Verse 4, And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them, shining in garments, angelic messengers. Verse 5, Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Glory to God. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how He spoke to you when He was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, but it doesn't stop there. And the third day rise again. And they remembered His words. From this passage, we're going to see a couple things about the power of the resurrection of Christ and why it makes you victorious in Him. A couple things I want to see. First off, I just want to point this out. How many like, how, ladies, can you say amen to this? How, how, how do you like that it was the women who found out that Jesus had risen first? Amen, ladies? I was thinking about that. If it was left up to some of us men, and we went to go check on Jesus about as often as we did the honey-do list, we may not still know He's arisen. Amen? It might be 2,000 years later and we still haven't figured it out. No, the ladies went and went to check on Him. But I want you to see this. He'd been in the tomb for three days. Someone say three days. He'd been in the tomb for three days. They were taking spices to the tomb. They didn't expect the tomb to be empty. They were prepared for the tomb to be filled with the body of Jesus. But we see here in verse 7, Jesus has already told them, not just once, several times. In fact, Jesus used an illustration. He was out by the temple. And He said, you see this temple? Tear it down and in three days I'll rise it back up. Speaking of His body. Jesus told them time and time again. But it wasn't just Jesus. It was also the prophets anointed by the Holy Spirit of old for thousands of years told that there must come a Messiah. In fact, the Lord God said it in Genesis chapter 3 in the garden when Adam and Eve living in paradise, walking with God, committed transgression, rebellion against God. They broke the law that God had set before them for their own good. They sinned. And at that point, sin entered the earth. And it was at that point that love became hate. Peace became fear. Health became sickness. Prosperity became lack. And every other consequence of sin entered into the earth. But God told them, He said, Satan, you may have won the battle here. You may have bruised the foot, but I'm going to come crush your head with a Savior. From that point forward, there's always been a testimony in the earth that Jesus had to come and die for the sins of the earth. But not just die. It's not enough just to die. 
You can look all over this earth. You can find any religion you want and they're all following dead men. But the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the one true gospel. It is the one true news that serves the living God. No, we don't pull His bones out in a clear case as the Muslims do in Mecca. We don't go look for the tomb of Buddha. Let me tell you something. If you want to go to Israel and have a Holy Land experience, you can. And you can visit all three tombs they think that Jesus was buried in. There's three of them. The Catholics say one. The Protestants say one. Gordon, this explorer, says they're one. But here's the thing they all have in common. They're all empty. Amen? They were expecting His body to be here. Now look, I'm not going to be hard on them at all. They loved Jesus so much. They loved Him. They loved Him. They loved Him. Like Pastor said, they didn't want him. He's in the tomb for three days. They don't embalm bodies in this time. They couldn't imagine their Savior decomposing as the way nature does to flesh dead. They were going to do justice by Jesus and anoint his body. And so when they get there, they have two men from heaven, angels, shining in glory. And what's their first thought? Tell me where you've taken his body. They didn't put it together. Again, I'm not being hard on them at all. But God so loved those ladies so much, just like he loves you, he sent a message to them. Don't you remember the word of God that he said, Jesus said, even in Galilee, he would have to be delivered in the hands of sinful men, crucified, died, but he would rise three days later. And this is the cornerstone of our faith in God. Is that Jesus Christ is alive. If this isn't true, none of it is. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want you to see this. Get a hold of this in your heart. Behold the man. As John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3. And understanding the power of His resurrection, and understanding why you and I are victorious in Christ, we have to know this. We have to know that unless Jesus is alive, then everything else is in vain that we do. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 3. For I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Verse 4, And that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Now, you're in that chapter. Just go down a few verses to verse 12. Verse 12, Now, if Christ is preached that He has been raised from the dead, how do some say among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? You know, some people, you can might meet some people, they might say, maybe you're here today and you believe that. I'm going to confront that idea and tell you that it's a lie of the devil. Maybe you think when this life's over, it's just over. But the life we're living right here on this earth is about that much of all eternity. And in fact, the life we're living right now is just a small part of the good, wonderful plan God has for you. And so maybe, maybe you've heard someone say, well, you know, I just, think, uh, I just think we live and that's it. That's it. Well, if that were the case, we sure do spend a whole lot of money sending people off when they die, don't we? 
spend a lot of time, a lot of pomp. No, we know this. There is something after this life. Really, all you do when you die here is this body dies, goes back to where it came from, the dust of the earth. But your spirit and soul goes to one of two places. It either goes to a real place called heaven where God lives and all those that believe in Jesus or a real place called hell, a place of eternal damnation and fire that I, like anyone else here, is deserving of unless the blood of Jesus cleanses us. Verse 13, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. Either, you know, Paul's saying here, one or the two have to be true. Either there is a resurrection or there isn't. If there isn't, then Christ isn't alive. But if there is, then Christ is alive. Notice this, verse 14, and if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and our faith is also empty. If Christ isn't alive, then all I did was match with my wife and daughter today for a pretty picture. But what I'm doing right now is vain and empty. If Christ isn't alive, then every time you've ever opened this book, it was all worthless time. But the reality is, Jesus is alive. Because the Bible truth tells us He's alive. Because you and I have experienced the goodness of God in our life. By the goodness of God, we've seen signs, wonders, and testimonies and miracles take place in people's lives. I can tell you this, you know for a fact that Jesus is alive. Because once you believed on Him, you became a new person and people around you started to say, man, something's changed in you. You used to be a dirty old dog, but now I actually like being around you. How many ever had Don't raise your hand. I don't want to know. I don't want to know that testimony. No, God saved all of us when we call on His name. And day to day we walk with Him. Look at this, verse 17. If Christ is not risen, your faith's futile. Oh my God. And you're still in your sins. There's no religious ceremony we can do to be made blameless for what we are rightly judged of, sin. There's no amount of work we can do. We could beat ourselves. We could get on our hands and knees and climb up a thousand steps and say we do it in the service of the Lord. But the reality is there is no work you and I can do to be saved from our sins. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, it is by the blood of Jesus that He has made peace with us and God. The Bible tells us it is the blood of Jesus that brings us close to God because it's the sinless blood of the Lamb That's cleansed us. Blood that had no sin was spilled out for the sins of the world. But if Christ isn't alive, then the blood has no power. Oh, but I'm I'm thinking of an old song by Andre Krauss. There's still power in the blood. Power, the blood still works today. Amen? Hallelujah. Because Jesus is alive. Now notice this. Let's, Let's finish up here at this point. Verse 20. But now Christ is risen from the dead, and He's become the first fruits of those who have died. This is why I have hope. This is why I don't want to leave now. You understand, it was, there was this minister, he was preaching, and he was in one of these uh, way off in the woods church, out in Mountain Church, and they were jumping and shouting, and they were just preaching up a storm. I mean, this minister, he was preaching and going to town. 
People were shouting, jumping, and running. And he said, how many knows Jesus is coming back? And they said, yes, glory. And he said, how many wants to go see him? And they said, yes. And everybody in the church raised his hand except a young little boy. And he noticed it. So he said, hmm. I said, how many are ready to go see Jesus? And everybody said, yes, hallelujah. Everybody but that little boy. And he said, now, son, don't you want to go see Jesus? He said, absolutely. I just thought you was taking up a load now. Amen. Look, I, I've got hope. If my breath leaves this body and it goes to the ground, I have a hope. It ain't over. Really, we can get in all the details of what takes place. God lays it out in His Word, plainly tells us of all that will take place, of what will happen in heaven. And then when He brings His kingdom to the earth and He rectifies and He makes right everything on the earth and He crushes sin, how many are going to be thankful when this earth has no more sin on it? Oh, that, there's going to be a day when that takes place, when Jesus brings His kingdom. But the truth is this. You can experience freedom from sin today. You can experience freedom from the consequence of sin. What's the consequence of sin? The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Anything that brings death is a consequence of sin. Sickness, illness, disease. How many thankful for that testimony of Sister Deborah? Healed in her body. Kept by the power of God. How many have been healed by God? Raise your hand. Yeah, you've experienced the healing power of God. He is a healer. Lack. How many knows that God meets our needs? He'll give you ideas. He'll give you opportunities. He'll line up jobs for you because He loves you. He's a good father. The Bible says if evil fathers can give their children what they have need of, food, how much more does the Father in heaven give what you have need of and ask for? He knows what you need before you even ask. But ask, because He'll freely give it. Now notice this, verse 20, But Christ has risen from the dead. He's become the first fruits of those who die. You don't have to think that death is the end. Death's not the end. For since by man, Adam, came death, by man, the Lord Jesus Christ, came the resurrection of the dead. Verse 22, I love this one. For in Adam, all died. Even so in Christ, all shall be made alive. Say alive with me. See, when you realize and you take a hold of the truth that Jesus is alive, that the tomb is empty, then that also means everything else Jesus said is true. That He can cleanse you of sin and everything that sin brought into your life. And the reality is this, that if you are an in Christ person, you too have become alive just as Jesus is alive. I want you to see this. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, it shows us this. It shows us that the way Christ has risen from the dead is not a one-time occurrence. And as such, the power, the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead, that wasn't a one-time occurrence. It was for Jesus. But notice this, Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Do you not know that many of you were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into His death? Therefore we've buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Verse 5, For if we have been united together 
in the likeness of His death. Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. See, there's something supernatural that takes place. When you believe on Jesus as the risen Son of God, the Bible tells us, and confess with your mouth that He's Lord, there's something supernatural takes place in the depths of your being. I'm talking about more than just, well, oh, I feel this way, I feel that way, I'm happy, I'm sad. I'm talking about in your spirit, who you really are. When you believe on Jesus as a risen Son of God, something supernatural takes place and you're made a brand new creation in Christ. Because as you believe on Him, the substitute work that Jesus did, dying on our cross for our sin, becomes applied to our account. The blood that He shed sinless cleanses us of what we've done wrong. By believing on what Jesus did, it writes your name into the book of life. And just as we identify by faith that Christ died our death for our sin, we also can identify that we are now alive with Jesus just as He is alive. If that don't make you want to jump, shout, run, and run all the way home, I don't know what, what will. Don't run off before you get the kids, though. They'll be out there still looking for eggs, and it'll be 3 or 4 o'clock, and you won't know what happened. You're risen in the likeness of Jesus. Do you see that? The, these ladies, they go to the tomb. Where's Jesus? He's alive. He told you he was alive. But it wasn't just, I'm going to be alive for the sake of me being alive. You understand, Jesus didn't have to come to the earth for himself. He came for you. He came for me. He didn't just think, you know, one day I'm just going to go down the earth and be made a man and die a, a, a shameful criminal's death. There was a purpose behind it. The Bible says that he looked through past Calvary and joy filled his heart because he saw a people redeemed. He saw you redeemed by his blood. But see, if you, if you allow the witness of this world the news headlines of this world, whatever flavor or brand or version you want to listen to, you realize whether they're conservative, liberal, whatever, whatever politic title we put to it, at the end of the day, they've got to sell ad revenue. Amen? <laughs> whatever you listen to, whatever your social media feed says, if you listen to those voices long enough, you will live in defeat. You'll live broken, busted, and disgusted. You'll live hurting in your body. You'll live full of shame. You'll feel far from God. But I'm talking about the witness of the Bible. The truth is, the report of the Lord is that you have been made alive in Jesus Christ. And the self-same Spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead makes you alive when you believe on Him. Well, that sounds pretty good. No, that's the gospel truth that will change your life. You're in Romans 6. Look at Romans 8, verse 11. Romans 8, verse 11 plainly says it. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Someone say, dwells in you. Twice it says it. 
Two different times in one verse, the Spirit of Him, the living God that raised Jesus from the dead is in you when you believe on Him. Not a lesser spirit. Not a junior spirit. The Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead, that same power, the same life, the same power, the same life makes you alive. Say same power. Say this. Say same life. No different. Well, you know, I hear you, AJ. That sounds good, but does it work? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I live in the real world. I live in the real world. I live in a world where Jesus and His Word causes me to go from faith to faith, glory to glory, and victory to victory. It's not a fairy tale. It's true. I've seen it, I've seen it, I've seen it. But even if I didn't see it, His Word says it, it says it, it says it. That He has bought the victory for you. That's why what we believe, having faith in Jesus, is not just some fairy tale. It's not just another type of religion. And here's the thing, you know, people, people say, you know, I, I, Christians wouldn't be so bad if they wasn't always, uh, you know, it, I don't care what Christians believe, and it wouldn't be so bad if they weren't always trying to tell other people about what they believe. It's against our belief to not tell people what we believe. Because what we believe, what we've discovered, what we've heard, changes men, changes women changes people into brand new creations in Christ Jesus. This is the message of the gospel. That he who died is alive. And he who is alive is sending his resurrection life to those that believe on him. No different. It's not like Coca-Cola Diet Coke. I'm drinking the Diet Coke and I'm pretending it tastes just as good as that Coca-Cola. No, some of y'all like Diet Coke better, don't you? It's not a different version. If we can grab a hold of that, then we would see ourselves as Jesus sees us washed in His blood. As Jesus sees us empowered by His Spirit. The same Spirit, the same power. Now look at this. Philippians chapter 3, as we come to a close this morning. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Philippians 3, verse 10. The Apostle Paul, he's writing a letter to the church. That includes us, amen? And he says this in verse 10. He says, That I may know Jesus and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. See, the gospel story, the good news of Resurrection Sunday is this. You get to know Jesus in the fullness of His power. The fullness of the power that literally made a dead body come alive again. You think about, hey, I totally, completely believe if you're in any need today, God can meet that need. I believe God's a healing God. If you have something in your body, I believe right now God can heal you. I truly believe that. Man, that sounds crazy. I, I, I think it sounds pretty good compared to the options of what the end result of sick disease, disease and illness is, death. 
Yeah, what I believe is a little crazy to the natural mind. But my natural mind got me in a whole lot of trouble. And I decided what I can naturally think isn't very good. But what I can think according to the Word of God, oh, that brings me life and life abundant in Christ Jesus. Now, why do I say that? Because if Jesus is alive, then what He did before the cross, He's doing now. He healed when He was on earth. He's now sending health and healing through the power of His Word, by the power of the Holy Spirit into the earth. If He led and guided people before the cross, now that He's alive and seated in heaven, He's leading and guiding by the power of His Holy Spirit. And it's the power of His resurrection. It's this power that has been released by faith, believing on Him, that fills and infiltrates our bodies, our souls, and our spirits and makes us a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. In fact, see, there's seven things that I see in the resurrection and the power of Christ's resurrection. Seven things. Jesus paid for and brought the power to fulfill these redemptive promises, redemptive, redemption, being bought back. He paid for these seven things, these seven needs. Every human has these needs. All of humanity has these seven needs. And Jesus, through the power of His blood and the power of His resurrection, has now made the solution, the answer to these needs that every human on the planet has and fulfills them in their life when they believe on Him. The first thing is this. Jesus paid for you to be righteous. And because Jesus is alive, He's making you righteous with His righteousness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21 says this, For He hath made Him sin to be sin for us, Jesus, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. That means you're forgiven. If Jesus is alive, you're forgiven. If Jesus isn't filling the tomb, and He's not, amen? If He's seated at the right hand of the Father, then He has paid the price for you to be righteous. What is righteousness? It means I can go before the Lord and not feel shame. I can go before the Lord and not feel guilt. What does it mean to be righteous? It means that my name, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And when this short period of time on earth that will come to an end, it means I just move on to heaven. I just move on to glory. It means that I don't have to sit in the dark at night when I lay my head on my pillow and hate myself for the things that I wish I would just stop doing. That's the power of sin. The power of sin can't be broken by human will. You can't... Every New Year's Eve is filled with countless resolutions of, I'm going to quit doing this, this, or that. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, I want to trim some weight, or I want to eat better, or I want to read more. I'm not talking about that. But when people say, you know what, I'm never, I'm tired of being a drunkard. I'm tired of doing drugs. I'm tired of sleeping with these people. I'm tired of being hooked on pornography. I'm tired of being bound by the sin of hell. Righteousness means that sin and its power is broken because Jesus broke it with His power. 
Oh, I'm telling you, when I lay my head down at night, I've got peace. That's, one, that's another thing that Jesus, through the power of His resurrection, He brought to you peace with God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says this, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And if we've got peace, we have access to Him by the grace of God. And we can stand and rejoice in the glory of God. See, because if you've been made clean with the blood of Jesus, you're now made right with God. And that means you're no longer an enemy of God. You understand, when I do things that are against God, I become an enemy of God. But when you're set free from them, you can live like Jesus lives. You can live holy. Look, there's a lie in the earth that says, well, you know what? No matter what you do, you're just going to keep on sinning. Can you make a mistake? Can you sin? Yes, it can happen once you receive Jesus. But we're not aiming for sin, amen? We're not planning on it. And the Bible says that if you do, He's just and faithful to forgive once you repent and turn from that sin. But the Bible truth is this. When you get set free from sin, you don't have to sin no more. When you get set free from the bondage of Satan, he's no longer your master. Well, I don't think of that. I don't care what we think, opinions. The Bible truth is, if I've been cleansed, I'm clean. And if I'm clean, I've got peace. Someone say peace. I've got peace like a river. Peace, love, and joy like a river flowing from my heart. There's nothing like having peace with God. <laughs> Imagine, creator of heaven and earth. If there's anyone you don't want to be on the bad side of, it's Him. Right? He can do all things. But if you're, you don't have to be on His bad side. And honestly, it's not even, I don't even want to say that to portray in such a way. God's so loving and kind. It's not like he, he ain't out to get you. If He was, you would have been gotten. The only thing He wants to get you with is His all-consuming love. See, God wants to walk with you, talk with you, have a life with you. The Bible says there is one that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus wants to be closer to you than any other person in your life. The Bible says that the Lord... You, probably every person in here has heard Psalms 23 so many times, right? That first verse, the Lord is my... He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. Where does He want to lead you? Where does He want to guide you? And the green pastures and to still waters. Where Jesus leads, there is no death. You know, I, I think it's so powerful when you think about these ladies, these precious women that went to go see the tomb of Jesus. And those angels said, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Where Jesus lives, there is no death. All things are made new. All things are made alive. See, He wants to lead you and guide you. Jesus said this, He said, I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down His life for his sheep. There's no one that's ever breathed breath on this planet that God didn't make a way to be saved. And the way to be saved is the name of Jesus. Jesus said in that same chapter, John 10, 27, 28, My sheep, they hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
you don't have to be confused. The Word of God will bring direction to your life. It did to these ladies at the tomb. Immediately these angels said, Don't you remember what Jesus said in Galilee? Here's the Word. And they said, Oh, yeah, I remember. We didn't read it, but you can. Maybe that should be your homework this week, huh? Go home and read that. What'd they do? They ran back to tell everybody about Jesus. He's alive, just like He said He was. He wants to lead and guide you. I love it. In Isaiah 58, it says, The Lord shall guide you continually. Continually. And the power of Jesus' resurrection is that He will lead you. He will guide you. He will give you instruction. You don't have to live in your life and think like, I don't know what to do, where to go, how to do it. No, I'm talking about the smallest, what we may consider smallest, to the largest decisions in our life. Look, if you're here today and you're single, you need God to tell you who to marry. Amen. You say, well, I'm already married. You need God to tell you how to love the one you're with with all the love you have. Any decision in life, God can give you wisdom on it. And that was brought to us because Jesus is alive. See, if Jesus is alive, then He's paid for wholeness, not just in your spirit, but also in your body. The Bible says that who His own self bore our sins, when He paid for our sins in His body on the tree, that we, being dead to those sins, why are we dead to sin? He paid for them. Should live unto righteousness. And with that righteousness, by His stripes, we were healed. That's so powerful. It's not just a little add-on. Healing power of God is not just a little, yeah, I think I'll take a four-count chicken nuggets with my cheeseburger. It's not an add-on. It's part of the redemptive package that Jesus did on the cross. In fact, everything I'm talking about today, He paid for it on the way up to the cross. He stopped at the whipping post before the cross because He didn't just want you to be free from sin. He wanted your body to be free from the consequence of sin as well. The wages of sin is death. Sickness, illness, disease produces death. He'll heal your body. See, Jesus, because He is alive, He'll provide for you what you have need of. I stand before you today, I don't, and I'm not boasting. I'm testifying of the goodness of God. I don't lack anything. Anything. Sure, can I keep on pushing, doing different things? Absolutely. But my God supplies every need I encounter. And He'll do the same for you. And this is a big deal. Because, you know, in America, it alternates back and forth. But one of the top reasons for divorce in America is money fights. Money fights. Stress over how are we going to pay the bills. When I see that, you know, you think about it. That's exactly what Satan would want to do get you caught up in everything going around to where you feel like you can't even breathe. You're just gasping for air just so I can do this, do that, make this. And, and then anxiety and pressure comes on. You got to produce. You know, I'm a man. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I got to produce. I got to provide. I got to bring about. And, and all this just closes in. It feels like it's closing in on you. But the thing is, God owns all the cattle on all the hills 
of this whole blue-green circle that's spinning around in space. He owns it all. I like to think of it this way. He owns the cows. He owns the hills. He owns the gold and the silver and the oil in the hills. He owns the hills on the opposite side. He owns the snow on the hills. We can go ski down, right? He owns it all. And He will provide for anyone that has the power of His resurrection working in them. How do I have that? Believe on Jesus. Look, and I'm not talking about this, well, you look like you're... No, I'm talking about real provision. You need a job? I've, se- I've heard so many testimonies. People in this church, you need a job? God will make a way for you. It, my wife, she, uh, before she went to... Some of y'all know this, some of you don't. We have a six-month-old daughter, and I think she may be the most beautiful baby on the planet. I may be a little biased... But I could, I don't think I'm far off. Before she went to maternity leave, she was talking to her boss. And she was really, Laura was thinking, you know, I really want to be able to stay home as much as I can with Naomi, our daughter. And she was talking to her boss and she said, is there any way that I can maybe go back part time or have some flexible hours? And the boss at that time said, you know what, really, there's no way that's possible. There's no way that can happen. Before she leaves, her boss people change that position and she has a new boss before she leaves. She goes out on maternity leave. About two days before she's going back to go back to work, we say, you know, she said, I'm just struggling here. I, want, I don't want to go back full time. I want to have some flexibility. And I said, won't we just believe God? He'll make a way. And we did. And do you know, when she went there, she said, you know what? I'm, going, I'm not going to be able to do full time, so I'm going to have to resign unless. And they say, what about Unless. She said, I want to work when I want to work because I got a newborn baby. I want to work when I want to work, never on Fridays and for this much. They said, sounds good. God will make a way for you. Look, it ain't that hard to believe that God will open up a job or bring someone along to bless you or to raise you up to a point to where you can bless someone else if He can drop bread in the wilderness to Israelites. The power of His resurrection will free you up from all the cares of this world to where all you really are doing is loving and living for and with Jesus. The power of His resurrection is this. You can fellowship with God. He doesn't have to be someone far off, untouchable, unreachable. No, He's someone that will lead and guide you. The Bible says like a paraclete will come along, grab us hold of your arm, lead and guide and live with you. In fact, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. If any man, any woman, any child hear my voice and open that door, the door of their heart, I'll come in and I'll dine with you. Not just drop by and say hello. I'll come in and live with you. I'll come in and have companionship with you. I'll come because my blood and my power has made you and I close again. The reality is this. The tomb's empty. Jesus is alive. 
And that means you and I have victory in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, but thanks be to God who gives me the victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Revelation 1.17 said, I saw Jesus and I fell at His feet. And I, He laid His right hand upon me saying, fear not. If you've got victory, you don't have to be afraid. Yeah, but what's going to happen tomorrow? You don't have to be afraid about tomorrow. Jesus owns tomorrow. And if you're living in Him, He will protect and hide you from any chaos, turmoil, and wickedness taking place. And He will cause you to be lifted up with Him to heavenly places. He said, he said fear not. I'm the first, I'm the last. I'm Him that lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And he said, Amen, because I have the keys to death and hell. Jesus is not just alive. He's alive, ruling, reigning in victory. And there is no mouth that will not confess Him, Lord. There's no knee that won't bow before Him. The only choice you and I have is this. Will we freely do it now? Because every knee will bow. Every mouth will confess that Jesus is Lord. Because He is Lord of all. He is the way, the truth, and the life. How do you get to heaven, AJ? Believe on Jesus. The way is a man called Jesus. How do, what I know what's true in this life? The truth is a man called Jesus. I want to live and have an abundant, victorious life. The life you need is the life called Jesus. And He has no difficulties, no problems, no hardships. There's nothing where you might say, yeah, but I've done this, I've done that. Satan is good about bringing back up your past. But Jesus has no difficulty taking whoever, wherever, whenever, and saying, you believe on me? Good. Now, you're alive with me. Won't you stand up on your feet with me today as we go before the Lord in prayer? With every head bowed and eye closed, I want you just to open your heart to the Lord. And I want you to realize this. There's nothing else you need that isn't already here right now. Jesus said, if any, two or more, if anyone, if they're gathering in my name, I'll be there in their midst. Jesus, the Lamb of God, He who was alive, who died and is alive forevermore, He is here in this place. His Spirit is here. The Bible says that if you believe on Him as the risen Son, not just the one who died. Yeah, I believe Jesus died. No. If you believe on Him as the risen Son of God and say out loud with your mouth, Jesus, you're my Lord, you'll be saved. The Bible encourages this, that if anyone calls on the name of Jesus they'll be saved. And so if you're here today, I want you to know this. Jesus loves you. He loves you so much that He paid for your sin. 
whether you choose to believe on Him or not. He paid the price for your sin. Jesus loves you so much, His body was broken and battered so that yours could be healed. Jesus loves you so much that the consequence of our sin was on Him and it robbed Him of peace so that you could have peace. Jesus loves you so much, He was made your sin so that you could be made the righteousness of God. Jesus loves you so much, He would suffer the defeat of sin so that you could have victory and life in Him forevermore. This isn't a game. This isn't just a religious ceremony. This isn't just a date on a calendar. This can be the first day of the rest of your life with Jesus. There is but one way to heaven, and His name is Jesus. If you're here today, now look, everyone's eyes are closed. This is between you and God, and really that's all that matters anyway. At the end of your days, all that will matter is what you've done in relationship with God. If you're here today, and you know you're not right with God, you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, this is the first time you've ever prayed a prayer to God, this is the first time you've heard the gospel message, maybe that's you. You're here today and you say, you know what, I've heard this. I, I agree with what you're saying, AJ, but honestly, I've walked away. I used to live for God, but I don't anymore. And I've let time over time go by and I've just slipped away from God. Maybe that's you. It doesn't matter where you're at right now. All that matters is, what do you believe? Do you believe Jesus is the risen Son of God? Will you confess Him Lord of your life and give Him all that you are? If you're here today... And that's you. Again, no one's watching. Just slip your hand up. I want to be able to pray with you. If that's here, amen, I see your hand. If you're here today and you know you need to make things right with God, just let me know. I just want to pray with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to pray all together, okay, church? Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus, the name that saves I believe He is the risen Son of God. And I believe He washes my sin away. I'm cleansed. I'm clean. And I'm made right with you forevermore. I confess He's my Lord. He's my Savior of all my life. I give you, Lord, all of myself, everything I hold nothing back. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Look, if you prayed that prayer, it, it doesn't just stop here today. I hope you understand that. It's not just one Easter a year. You prayed that prayer and you really meant it in your heart. You're now a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. If you don't have a home church, we'd love for you to be part of our church family. Maybe you do. Go visit them. Regardless, keep living for Jesus because He's given you the victory. Amen? Hallelujah. If you love Jesus, lift up a hand clap of praise. I love you. And happy Resurrection Sunday. God bless you.